everybody, welcome to Therapist Take, and we're going to talk about relational cancer, so don't go anywhere. If you hear me whispering, it's because we have a, a new soundboard person. We do. Yeah. And uh, she wouldn't let me put her on mic or camera. Right. I think it'd be fun to talk to her. Right. right to put her on the spot. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. But we're not going to do that. No. Right. We kind of are, but nobody can see. That's true. That's yeah. true. The invisible person. <laughs> um, but anyways, we appreciate uh, everybody that uh, has tuned in or is tuning in on a rebroadcast. We're going to talk about relational cancer today and what exactly does that mean. Uh, but before we do, I just want to remind everybody to do all the housekeeping things that you normally would do or you hear on every YouTube video that's ever <laughs> been done, which is you know subscribe to our channel, ring the bell. You know, right. If you're on Facebook, head on over to YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Uh, but this is also a podcast, and so uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, it's, it's not live. Um, but uh, we do do these live, so you're welcome to head on over to YouTube and and uh, subscribe to us so that you can watch us record these live. But we do appreciate you listening on the podcast, so make sure that um, you follow us on whatever podcast platform you're on, <clears throat> Excuse me, and um, give us a five-star review. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's good to see you again. Yes, you too. Carrie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we were just talking about relational cancer, and I felt like we were just about to get in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't. No, no, I think I think because Reagan's here. Probably. We don't want to, yeah. you know, totally stress yeah, for, her out. For anybody uh, who doesn't know, which would be most people, mm-hmm. Reagan is one of our owner's daughters. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, uh, we kind of like to get some scoop on this person, uh, this owner, <laughs> while she's not here. But right. she refuses to do right. so. She's so. honoring it. She's she's <laughs> dutiful, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's honoring her mom. She's she not going to give us. I mean, we want we want the lowdown. We do. We do. Yeah. I know. It's kind of nice, it's, though. It feels yeah. full circle, right? Right. To have help from. Mm-hmm. Someone who was a tiny, tiny person when we I know, started this journey. I know. It's hard to see. We need, we need a camera on her right now so people can see this grown woman that we're talking I about. I know. <laughs> I know. They'll have to trust us. But um, we are grateful uh, for Reagan. Those people watching, we have a switcher board operator, so, mm-hmm. and it's usually Hannah, and she's always behind the scenes uh, doing things, and she can't be here today, so we have a substitute today. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So... We're going to talk about this idea of relational cancer, and the reason it came up for me when I selected this topic was because I often find myself in session with clients talking about certain things, and one in particular, which we'll get into, Mm -hmm. that I will always say it's a cancer to relationships. Do you ever say things like that, or do you ever use that terminology, Mm, cancer, sickness, or... I feel like I have, but I don't, it's not, if I do, it hasn't been in a long time and it's definitely not regular, um, cancer, that word. Cause that word is just, I think, I don't know anybody that hears that word and doesn't have a reaction yeah. to it. I right? tend to gravitate toward like medical terminology with my metaphors for some reason. Like, mm. 
like you know the the marriages on life support. Yeah, or, you do do that. You, I do. Right. Yeah. yeah, and driving. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. It, it? Yeah. it absolutely is. So true. all you yes. do is worry about medical issues and drive, Josh. <laughs> Apparently, it's on my mind a lot. <laughs> Tells you about your psyche, right? Yeah. 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 Be yeah. a good driver, right? And take care of yourself, right? Yeah. right. <laughs> the two most important things in life, right there. I think so. If we figure that out, then we'll be all be okay. We would. Yeah. We'll all be okay, and we'll all get home safe. <laughs> we all get home safe. Such a dad. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so let I want to. I'm just going to start with the kind of the motivational metaphor here, okay. of relational right. cancer, or you know the the thing that I always say, and and then we can kind of go from there, and so. And I think you'll agree with me, but um, it's uh, it's complacency. I mean, that seems to come up the most, and and I don't I don't think it's the only cancer to relationships, but it comes up a lot because I do okay. think a lot of couples fall prey to it, you know. And so, you agree with me on the that it happens frequently. Happens frequently into it's a cancer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Slow, maybe. It, right. I was, right. Which I think fits better with the cancer yeah. metaphor because right. cancer, <clears throat> most cancers aren't fast. Even even the ones that we think are fast or they might have a, you might, someone might be in stage two and then a month later they're in stage four. Mm-hmm. From my understanding, another great book is the book Outlive. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Peter Atia. Peter Atia. I think he talks about this a lot is that, you know, whether it's heart disease or cancer, most of it starts years before right. um, it shows up. So, right. so slow growing, mm. I think is definitely fitting. I think the other thing that I, that fits with it, and this is also to uh, anybody that understands medical stuff better than me is welcome to weigh in and right. correct and, me. And poke the holes, but. <laughs> right. Right. But how I have understood how cancer typically works is you know how does this thing enter your body and then you know able to make it make itself a home and grow and kind of take over and the way i've heard it described was that you know it basically you know uh, i don't know if it's all cancers or just certain some cancers would you know disguise itself as something that's supposed to be there so that your your body won't fight against it and then it allows and then of course it grows and and takes over and complacency is definitely something to me that might like when you're entering into the the beginning stages of complacency it kind of looks like it's supposed to be there mm-hmm. because complacency is settling right it's settling right. down it's like we've arrived right. we can breathe Finally. right mm-hmm. and we don't have to do anything anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> right mm-hmm. like yeah we finally get to relax and right and then you know that kind of take gets a foothold yeah yeah and i think that you used the word earlier that i think also describes how complacency starts from a place that's not dangerous which is routine mm-hmm. right like you create yeah. rhythms and routine and the brain likes routine because it doesn't have to really think, right? It's got mm-hmm. such a familiar roadmap that it knows what mm-hmm. you do when you wake up and when you go to right. work and, you know, it's kind of like driving to right. go back to your f- other favorite metaphors, right? You don't really have to think about how you get places that you always go. You just go, right? right? I don't think to turn left or right. So 
I think that complacency can definitely come from a place that actually is pretty good. I mean, how, we need routine, right? We need familiarity. Right. I think that's the key is that, of course, we need, I mean, we need it. Mm-hmm. And especially as our lives get more, get busier and more chaotic, right? Sure. I mean, so, you know, when a couple, I mean, we kind of, you know, as we walk through it or walk through the kind of the beginning stages of a, a couple relationship is that you meet, you're crazy about each other, everything's about you. And, right. you know, maybe uh, it's like, like me and my wife, we meet in college and we had five bills to pay when we <laughs> first got married. I remember like we, we had a little book, handwritten book where we wrote down like our five bills. And I put a check mark after I wrote the check for each one. Mm. And of course we had no money. I mean, we had enough money, mm-hmm. let me just say that, right, right, to pay right. those bills. Right. And, um, and you know, that's that's about it. Yeah. it. You know, it's like, well, what time's class? Because mm-hmm. we were in college still. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think some of our, you know, one of our, uh, you know, my wife was concerned about me skipping class to watch Judge Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of reasons <laughs> yeah. to be so concerned we still, about We that. still talk about this, huh? Oh, that's like, funny. Like, uh. You know, how many times I skipped class because I wanted to catch the end of Judge Judy. Oh, Josh. I mean, we didn't have, we didn't, YouTube wasn't like it was. I mean, I, I just, know. I can't. And you, and, What's a guy to do? And I can't be asking people, hey, did you see the end of Judge Judy? <laughs> like, um, but, um, but, you know, as, you know, as life builds, right, then it's like, okay, so then we enter into our careers and then we have kids and they got mm-hmm. their things. And so routine becomes really important mm-hmm. so to so that we can have sanity. Sure. But then I think sometimes we get really focused on creating those routines and making sure that the well-oiled machine stays well-oiled. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That we forget that we're actually supposed to be having some novelty and some adventure mm-hmm. and you know just change. Little, right, Challenge. laying our guard down. Yeah. You know, not just walking around oiling all, all the gears in the machine all the time. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I think you're kind of describing how complacency can start as something that slips into the system undetected as dangerous and can grow into something Absolutely. that becomes yeah. dangerous, right? Because mm-hmm. when things are so routine, you don't notice. That's the, that's like the, especially in couples, right? right. You'll hear a lot. I don't even know if they pay attention to me. I don't even know if they notice, right? Yeah. They're just used to this. They're used to me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's off that that when people are saying that to us in therapy, they mm-hmm. they're not saying that in a way that they're like, "Oh, good." Whew. I'm right. so glad that my partner all they do is notice I exist. <laughs> right. right? They're yeah. saying I feel really sad that I'm just part of the routine. You're right. Mm-hmm. And why don't they say anything? Because that stirs the pot. Sure. That creates, creates the change. It creates chaos. And it's like, well, I don't want it, to... It's it's so weird, right? It's like this thing of complacency, if it's like a cancer, it's like it's like saying, well, I don't want to get treatment because then, you know, it might upset the cancer, mm-hmm. you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, or I don't know who would want somebody to have cancer, but it's almost like, you know, like, well, I don't want to know. I'm going to inconvenience the doctor. Sure. Well, I even think know, a lot like, of people say things like, well, I don't really want to know. I'm not going to ask that question. I don't really want right. to know. Whether that's about a medical diagnosis and treatment, whether that's about how their partner really feels, if they decide to, you mm-hmm. know, voice some of the way that they're feeling um, mm-hmm. ignored or that things are too routine, right? I mean, sometimes right. it's hard to know. Ignorance feels like bliss. 
perhaps. Right. Yeah, sure. I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely can understand. Mm-hmm. The older I get, the more I'm like, oh, I get it now. Right. <laughs> the ignorance right. is bliss thing. That's a yeah. very, uh, whoever came up with that, I want right. <laughs> to. High five. Yeah, high yeah. five. I'm uh-huh. like, they, they nailed it. Yep. Um, yeah. But, uh, so complacency is definitely one of those things that we really have to work at uh, controlling for mm-hmm. and, and not mistaking it as um something good for us to have mm-hmm. because it, it there is some things involved in it like routine and, mm-hmm. and keeping order that is good for us but complacency is when that kind of takes a life of its own yeah. is what i kind of feel like it sure. is and um and so i mean we were and we're going to get into some some uh the the thing that I know you're itching to talk about, which is the the four horsemen stuff here in a minute, Itching. but mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know that one comes up the most for okay. me in therapy. Is there another one you think that mm-hmm. you find yourself? Yeah, you're, I think you and I will agree. Resentment. Yeah, that yeah, one comes completely. up a lot. Yeah, a lot. And I even think sometimes um, it's fair to say that clients aren't always aware. Perhaps mm-hmm. like completely in tune with resentment, right? Yeah, you know. So if I reflect back, sometimes like, boy, it seems like you're kind of holding on to that, or that seems like that's still churning for you, right? Mm-hmm. Is that you know, is that on the verge of becoming, or could that be in that bucket of resentment, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is it? I would say that mo- that feeling of resentment might actually be more common than complacency in some ways you know like sure uh, because it's just so easy to to do yeah it is (laughs) i mean it's very automatic people for stuff Uh you know for things that have happened to you and um now the one of the things so i do talk this is something comes up a lot in sessions with me too with clients is in and I really spent, have spent some time thinking about resentment because it's a very complicated phenomenon. It is. But like with all emotions, to me, uh, they all have a functional purpose. And mm-hmm. it's actually something you may not know. It's like it's actually a conversation you and I were having once where I re- it really kind of triggered me into thinking about this. And mm-hmm. and it was one time you were we were probably consulting about a case or something, and you were saying like, you know, well, what is anger there for? Anger, anger is there to let you know someone has trespassed. I'll never forget you saying that. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's that's right you know and then it got me really thinking well what are the other emotions there for mm-hmm. what, like i'm not saying it's only there for that but the right. primary and i was thinking so why would our brains think resentment this mm-hmm. whatever that's the name we gave it right but this feeling that we have that we call resentment right why would it think that's important for us to have because it's not a, it's definitely not a fun one no it's not and fun. it is also one i think people feel like they um the responsibility to remove it was is on somebody else, which I don't uh, think is true, mm-hmm. but I think that's how it feels. Yeah. Like, Josh, uh, I resent this person for that. Would you help them change so I don't have to resent them anymore? Yeah. I don't want yeah. to resent them. And I think uh, the responsibility of resentment uh, to remove it is on us. So, because I think resentment, to me, and you can let me know what you think about this. Okay. To me, resentment is there to let you know Similar to how you said anger is there to let you know so much trespass. Resentment is there to let you know that you are holding on to something that you need to speak up about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that you say it that, that way. I would only add maybe that resentment's also there maybe as an opportunity to explore, do you need some boundaries? 
do you need, and is picking up the boundary, right? Mm-hmm. Or is, you know, creating some distance or changing the rules of that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes that's, that's changing the rules or establishing boundaries without the other person's mm-hmm. consent or participation, Right. right. It's yeah. boy, when I engage in this or you know, when I keep making these attempts and I get this negative response, you know, I f- I feel resentful, so I think I'm going to make some changes. Right. Whether right. and and speaking up is often the best choice there. But not the boundary is I'm I'm actually going to have some distance or mm-hmm. you know, not do something instead, right? right? Because I don't want to walk or I don't want to give myself the opportunity to get lured in right. to holding resentment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, an example I use to kind of illustrate this is like the the concept of walking on eggshells, which yeah. is, most people uh, understand that metaphor. Probably have even used it from mm-hmm. time to time. But like if 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 you say um, that you know um, every time I'm around this person, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells, mm-hmm. and you're saying it in such a way, it's like so. Therefore, they need to stop doing this thing that they do that makes me feel like I need to walk on eggshells. Mm-hmm. And and I and I get it, and I and I feel like I have been there. Yes, <laughs> you know at times. And uh, but really, you know, it's the the burden of not walking on eggshells is really on me. You know, and so like if I don't want to walk on eggshells, I'm just not going to walk on eggshells. You know, and I have to decide what that means. And the longer I walk on eggshells, the more I find myself resenting this person for putting the eggshells down. Right, right. When I realize I don't have to walk on them. Right. And the other thing I really (laughs) go go with people and I say, if you want to go up a level, another meta level here is that there are no eggshells. Right. That's what I was thinking (laughs) too. Yeah. But yeah. So how does this though? Do you think become cancerous? How does it become something that may start as? you know, a functional response and then become something dangerous. So, and I think this is going to segue nicely into the four horsemen because okay. especially when mentioning resentment, right? Um, I think resentment is, is the feeling that happens before contempt, which Gottman, John Gottman, who, who coined the concept of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, mm-hmm. For um, and we'll we'll name those in just a second, which we already know one's contempt, but that's kind of the the scariest one, right? Right. You know, and so like, um, you know, if, if you don't take care of the resentment, and once it turns into contempt, it's like, let me say it this way. I know we're we're using the cancer metaphor, but yeah. let me change it to Uh-oh. a different medical one: HIV and AIDS. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Like we often think of now, like HIV is very treatable. And it's Manageable. scary, scary mm-hmm. as hell, right? Mm-hmm. But it's treatable. Now, you know, we can, if you catch the condition, mm-hmm. right at that Bad point, ice. you can, there's hope, right? But from my understanding, if it, once it's AIDS, it's, it's much harder. It's, yeah. Right. Um, right. I was thinking of contempt when we talked about it kind of being like the end stage of cancer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which maybe not always has to be, meaning that I, it's over. Yeah, but I agree. Where it's gonna be yeah. really challenging, which which I think Gottman reflects on that. I don't think he's he would <laughs> yes, say he does, it, in the research that every every couple that experienced contempt fail, fail that the relationship, it, relationship fail, ends, right? Know, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's a large number. It's dope, and it's yeah. like cancer, right? The more cancer cells you have, the worse, right? So the more contempt, sure. the worse, yeah. right? No, I do think resentment kind of does lead in, like you're saying, because it grows into. 
the mm-hmm. four horsemen. I guess we should name them and explain yeah, it a little let's, bit. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. So John Gottman, if you don't recognize that name, he's kind of the marriage guru expert. He's that beautiful blend of someone who is a really amazing researcher who can take his research and communicate in ways that I think everybody can understand. And I think he's a beautiful speaker and presenter. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot of people who are good at one of those. He's... Mm-hmm. really unique and being good at all three. Yeah. Um, okay. And he's done a lot of research. That's what I appreciate the most about um, what he talks to, mm-hmm. you know, public about is this information is based in research. And what mm-hmm. he noticed about couples who were having marital strengths and marital struggles was that he would see the presence of these four horsemen, as he called them, these four patterns Mm-hmm. Um, and responses, and the more that he saw them, probably the less happy, satisfied, and the more at risk mm-hmm. the marriage was to ending, right? Or relationship. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I don't think everybody was married in the study, but long-term committed relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so they were, are defensiveness, criticism, stonewalling, mm-hmm. and contempt. Right. Or as we say, <laughs> Yeah, right. That's, C-C-D-S. Right, 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 right. <laughs> And how are those things cancerous? I mean, how can we extend the metaphor with these yeah. these concepts? So this is the debate you and I were having right yes. before. Right we, before we, we, started, we started, as we always which, do. A little. <laughs> right. <laughs> which I'm like, maybe we should save the debate for the live show. Let, oh, no. and, let, and let you decide. Yeah. You know, type thing. Sure. Um, but um, to me, uh, these are the things that were would really would be symptomatic of a cancer you know so um i start and i think he kind of reflects on this in in the book too like these these are a progression right you know so i think criticism i mean defensiveness is at the beginning criticism defensiveness yeah yeah. criticism defensiveness stonewalling and then contempt yeah and and so um and so, like, when you, you catch yourself being critical, you know, or overly critical, or your partner's being overly critical, mm-hmm. it's really, I mean, in, in being critical and defensiveness, and to me, are often... Kind of a stimulus uh, response. Yeah, they're, they're, and they're mm-hmm. happening, happening kind of simultaneously right. at because times. because as you criticize, I much defend. Sure. Right. And it's kind of like, these things, it's really not linear. I mean, it's, no. it's really like, the more... The more critical you become, the more uh, contemptuous you may feel, sure. which means the more crit- it feeds right back into right. The, how the, crit- mm-hmm. the criticism changes. And the more you're point, criticized, right? the more you must defend and protect. Sure. sure. Or stonewalling. You know? Right. And that's the stone. Yeah. I think, again, the building of defensiveness sure. is stonewalling. Sure. So I, I really, I like to kind of look at the, the four horsemen, or at least that's, I don't often go over the four horsemen in session with people, but I definitely am remembering them yeah. for myself as I'm watching for, right. for that right. with couples as I'm working with them to see, like, are these symptoms present right. and how severe are they? Right. To kind of gauge like where where are they, we? where, yeah, where, the, where mm-hmm. they are, what we need to do in treatment, yeah, and um and and that makes a difference, yeah. And so sure, uh, but to me, it's like you know, what are these four horsemen? You know, as a whole, yes, is this is this coming from complacency? Right, is it coming from resentment? Sure. You know, or a lot of resentments. Another one we didn't mention that I, I want to make sure we mention we mention is I think is a cancer is like enmeshment. Okay. Particularly mm-hmm. like uh, which Ken Adams does a lot of work on this like mother enmeshment yes. or even parent enmeshment enmeshment. Sure. But um, but even like uh, you know uh, enmeshment 
with each other, which mm-hmm. we would refer to probably as codependency, codependent relationship. Yeah, it's kind of an off-limits word a little bit, but... Yeah. Yeah. But in some ways, a codependent, codependent relationship doesn't feel so much like a cancer to me than, like, codependency with your with your parents i mean i mean uh, enmeshment with your parents yeah no i feel they're i, I think they're different yeah they right. may have similar like i don't know measurements in a sense but yeah i think that there's a different right. outcome and, and different risk perhaps right. Right? Yeah, which, which i think that's the reason why mother-in-laws get a bad rap, i know right sure and uh it's always i apologize as a, as a guy i'm just gonna uh, i'm just gonna make a universal apology i don't know why it always is like a woman the mother-in-laws get a bad rap mm-hmm. and you know it's always like a a female thing, yeah you know or something it is. But, but i think that does reflect this cultural mother-son enmeshment yeah. that you're kind of referring to yeah. right which that's a good you know using cancer as an yeah. idea that one you know when a child is born and it needs its mother 24 7 you are enmeshed right but it's, yeah, so maybe. it's necessary for life yeah. it's developmentally appropriate yeah right but i i really like the oversimplification of parenting right that parenting is a v right and so you start at the beginning and you're really really close and over time there's supposed to be more and more distance right as the as the mm-hmm. baby becomes a child becomes an adolescent becomes mm-hmm. a young adult right and they find their own way and i think enmeshment you know doesn't have mm-hmm. that that space and over time what started out as okay now actually becomes inhibiting right, right. inhibiting for both because they can't mm-hmm. find other relationships and experiences that are fulfilling because right. they're so limited by that too close mm-hmm. of a relationship between that parent and child, even adult child. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And and I and you and you asked me a question that um, I was wanting to f- kind of feed back to you, uh, and so we kind of sidetracked there with the enmeshment thing a minute. But what what about how you view the four horsemen? Mm. Is it more symptomatic for you, or is the four horsemen kind of like a cancer in and of themselves? I do think it's a progression. So I don't know. Maybe the the beginning of that would say indicators, perhaps symptoms, and then it being a problem. I think, you know, you could also just even say the intensity of those things. Like if you're if the if the interactional pattern of the couple is you criticize, I defend, someone stonewalls, someone continues to pursue with criticism until they both just can't stand each other. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty, you know, that's going, we know where, which way that, that relationship is going. No one's going to be satisfied right. with that, right? So I think maybe it's how much and how often do I see right. it as symptoms or do I see it as a cancer? I think stonewalling in general is probably going to lead to not good things, Yeah. right? I do think that it works against you. I understand that having a break, needing mm-hmm. some time to collect yourself, I find that really adaptive, right? Right. I think sometimes people are great at staying in the intense moment and working through it. But mm-hmm. as a person who likes to take her time, right, as a distancer in that pursuit distancer pattern, mm-hmm. um, taking some time is helpful. But taking some time so much so that it never is addressed and you just keep kicking the can down the road or avoiding or mm-hmm. minimizing or whatever strategies you have to do, it does build that mm-hmm. stone wall around you and then you're just all alone. Yeah. And... uh Stone. I mean, it. I even uh, had a um, a childhood friend that died of cancer. You know, literally died of cancer. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, this was just a report coming from one person that knew him. You know, mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen him in years and years and years. 
but at the funeral, you know, I was like, uh, you know, I didn't even know what happened, you know, like, I didn't even know he was sick, you know, because it's been years since I'd seen him, and, um, and according to this person, you know, he, um, he knew there was something there, he just, he just, you know, no one could talk to him about it or anything, like, and it was, I don't know if, if he was stonewalling or avoiding, who knows, he could have been getting great medical care and just didn't want to talk about it, right? you know, but, I do think that, you know, even with physical ailments, mm-hmm. we can stonewall and Absolutely. then it becomes something sure. else, you know, sure. or becomes a bigger problem, yeah, you know, for sure. than what it would necessarily have to be. Right. Sure. And so in, in stonewalling, when people stonewall, I think what, what people don't understand is that that's what feels right. Yeah. In that moment, it feels like it's, it's usually about de-escalation, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. trying to prevent right. something from mm-hmm. worse happening right you know so i don't want to say something i don't really mean i don't want to do this right right yeah and how many let me ask you this how mm-hmm. many times have you felt something weird on your body or you know or and you're like oh that, that's weird and then it just goes away <laughs> So it's like it's yeah. not like it's not supported, right? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of times that our right. our bodies just fix itself. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would say, right? yeah. That's for, especially when you're young, right? Most yeah. ailments just, you know. Yeah. You and, get sore think, knees today. You probably feel better tomorrow. I think there are some relational things. I and agree. So I think that that it's but it's easy to convince ourselves like when it's not going away. Mm-hmm. Then well, maybe this just time, further you know, away. <laughs> just one more. Yeah. Sure. You know, like if I, I'm just not ignoring it hard enough. Right. I've got to really <laughs> double down on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I think um, I'd be interested to hear from other people on like uh, what they might consider a relational cancer, but uh, complacency definitely hit at the top mm-hmm. of the list. And then I didn't even think about resentment until you brought it up. Uh, but that, that, like I said, I think that might actually be come up more mm-hmm. because uh, I think a lot of people can uh, I, th- I think a lot of people feel resentment mm-hmm. e- even when there's not complacency sure. in the relationship sure. and enmeshment's definitely there but I'm sure there are others sure. that those are just the ones that mm-hmm. we come up off the top of our head and right. I knew as soon as I texted you about it I was like you know if John Gottman was, mm-hmm, right was there. rolling through my head yeah and so yeah so I knew you would bring that up to you. Oh, yeah. You didn't yeah. even have to wait. You didn't yeah. have to say it because you knew I would. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you want to talk about the last one and then contempt? The, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we've my... talked a little bit, but let's kind of go there. Yeah, let's, it's, let's, uh, it's the one that, that as yeah. a therapist, I don't know about you, but when, I, when I'm in the presence of it, I feel it in my body. And it's this sinking feeling in my gut of, oh, boy. That's, that's not just rough, but, oh. Yeah, it feels different. Just you saying that and how you're talking about it, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if people heard me smack into the mic, mm-hmm. but that was kind of like, <laughs> that's that hopelessness smack, like, mm-hmm. oh, man, like, yeah. But I, I do like it. You're right. Like it is as therapists, you know, we're, you know, I don't know, it, I don't know how if, if there's a therapist out there that just kind of feels hopeless all the time i don't know how you would do that like i mean right we kind of in some ways have to be glass half full absolutely people, right? I, think so. I think so more often than not and when i experience contempt in a relationship is like a sinking feeling mm-hmm. of like crap 
mm-hmm. you know, like I want to be hopeful still, yeah. you know, but yeah. there's that. And, and it's not because of what Gottman says or anything. I think anybody, I think it's intuitive. Yeah. I think it's just being a person. Like this isn't good. This yeah. isn't good. Right. You know, um, doesn't mean it's all hope is gone, no. but, um, there's usually a lot of work to be done. Mm-hmm. Even whether the relationship works out or not. Yeah, once you've done. gone to contempt space, you know, yeah. feeling that, experiencing that, yeah, you have to do some recovery, whether the relationship yeah. stays or not. Yeah. yeah. And I've been, like, in thinking about the, I don't know if I've ever felt contempt for anybody. Mm. Maybe, you know, but um, I've been mad at my wife, <laughs> you know. I mean, I've been really mad. And we've we've had ups and downs like everybody else does. Um, and we've had, uh, you know, lows that were, that were surprisingly low, you know, I, I'm like, I, it is really hard for me to imagine looking at her and feeling contempt, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's almost like she would have to just be somebody else in my mind. Well, I think that's what trauma does though. Then those people become unrecognizable and then maybe that's where, you know, that thing you never thought you would feel of contempt is all of a sudden... I mean, presented, it presents itself. Yeah. And let me let me disclaimer here too. I, I'm not uh, suggesting that if you feel contempt that something's wrong with you. No. I'm really trying to, you know, express sympathy for like that. It must be that's just sad. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you know, I'm sorry that what has happened has happened. That yeah. you know, uh, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think uh, I'm sure there are people that are just contemptuous people. Right, but usually they have been hurt, right. hurt too. But right. to go from you know somebody that you know to be with somebody that you once loved, yeah, to feel contempt. I mean, yeah, that must have been some hard stuff. Yeah, that's what I think too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I just keep thinking in my head when you hear contempt. I also think hate. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty synonymous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I would say like if you were gonna. If you were going to put it on a, a continuum, maybe hate would be the 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 last you know the the, the, the bookend of it you know, mm-hmm. um, but in, in contempt is you know the the extreme Close. of that book you know mm-hmm. it, yeah once it reaches the bookend I guess yeah. it's hate. So yeah. yeah, well maybe we should end on something. I know. I feel sad to end it on the saddest well, you, part. You decided to do that. I did. Like you're, you're right. I walked us through the progression. You're like, Can we do contempt? First, it, I know. I did say that. I did ask for that. Right. No, no. But I think we started where it's sure. stage well, one all the way to the. You know, to I'm, the stage here I am blaming you. We should do a gaslighting one next because here I am blaming you when I came up with a you did relational the, cancer. You did Let's pick see. the topic, and right. I agreed. Right. Yeah. No, but I, I, th- I mean, I think our, the part of our job here is to get people thinking about things, and sometimes mm-hmm. um, it's going to make you feel things, right? Yeah. Which is the point, right? <laughs> right, because relationships are mm-hmm. knowledge, but they're they're about how you feel, and so to have these concepts that help you think and feel, that's mm-hmm. I think that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate anybody that's decided to tune in and. Mm-hmm. And have found benefit in in these uh, uh, in our our discussions or just the videos that we put out. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Check out the show notes because we usually I try to put as much a lot of resources in there. So we'll mm-hmm. definitely make sure to put a link to the Gottman book, maybe Peter Atia and mm-hmm. anything else that we can kind of think of after uh, you know we wrap up the show. We sure. we try to throw in there and. 
to make it as useful as possible. Absolutely. So, yeah. But um, we actually have some guests coming on. Yes. Soon. I think starting next week. Yep. And so I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And I uh, guess we'll see everybody back then. Yeah. Thank you.